Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your health care provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, hello, my friends. How are you doing? It's Monday, and here's a new episode. So I'm going to start going back to um, posting these episodes every Monday, like I did in the past. And like it says on my intro and my ex exit out on my podcast. So here's the second part of the um, the podcast that I spoke about last week, where it deals with where it deals with chronic pain and how it ruins relationships. So now we're going to start off with partners. When chronic pain affects a partnership, the plan and focus of relationship can alter dramatically. Whether watching or being the pain-affected person, grief can set in, mourning the person and life that it once was. For the partner watching their pain-affected loved one, the changes to role and responsibilities can lead to many challenges. This partner may take on a greater ownership of household duties and care-taking roles. They may become the sole provider owning a greater level of the financial responsibilities. They may take on greater proportion of the housework, leading to feeling of resentment and unfairness. The ongoing nature of chronic pain can lead to feelings of anger, frustration, and withdrawal from their relationship. The challenge for a partner is that they often also become a caregiver to their pain-affected loved one. They share the highs and the lows of this journey, often feeling helpless and being on the receiving end of the pain-affected person's anger, frustration, and withdrawal. They can also take on additional physical and emotional load, and this can take a toll on their health. For the person dealing with pain, they can feel the guilt and shame of not being who they once were in their relationship. This is I would say this all pertains to me right here. They feel the loss of the world's meaning and purpose they once held in their relationships. They feel the responsibility for the burden they have now handed to you, to their loved ones. The toll pain takes on an emotional, mental, and physical health can lead to unpredictable moods and behaviors, which can cause an even greater downward spiral. So here's some changes to the relationship which can cause a breakdown. And they include the reduction in quality couple time, including fears about attractiveness, intimacy, and leisure. And that's where I fall under. 
Changes to one's shared goals and plans. Changes to the balance and distribution of housework, roles, and responsibilities. Feeling of resentment for the capabilities and perceived freedom of the partner not living with pain. Withdrawal from the relationship and friendships. And increasing disagreements due to financial pressures, caring for children, etc. Research shows that disability, mood, and adjustment to life with chronic pain is strongly linked to significant others and the empathy, intimacy, and coping behaviors displayed within their relationship. This is why repairing, rebuilding, and, and learning coping strategies to move through chronic pain is incredibly important. And then right after that, they give a list of them for you. So here's some tips for partners. Partners are better carriers when they prioritize their self-care. Self-care can include ensuring enough exercise, eating a well-balanced diet, and seeking support. Taking this time out to look after themselves refreshes their physical and mental and emotional energy for their caring role. Caring for themselves also manages their stress levels and reaction to the situation. And I think that's what, that also falls under me because I had a lot of uh, mental issues at the time. And, you know, when you're in pain and you have those issues, your whole focus is on you, your day, and how you're going to make it through there. And that's the problem I had. You know, I just forgot about everybody else and I took care of me and nobody else, unfortunately. Research suggests that some of the best ways to support your loved one through their pain involves promoting independence, encouraging positive strategies like activity, self-advocacy, self-confidence, and well-being, promoting the things that they can do and allowing them to do them in their own time, and sharing positive pain behaviors like coping strategies, pacing, regular activity, meaningful engagement, a well-balanced diet, good quality sleep, stress management, and relation strategies. And again, under that topic, there's um, some articles that you can uh, separately read yourself. There's links to them. Now we're going to talk about your children. Being a parent is far from easy, but then add chronic pain and the world becomes almost impossible. While children look to their parents for safety, security, and unconditional love. Parents feel a sense of responsibility and ownership for their life and the happiness of their child. A parent that lives with physical pain feels the emotional pain of not uh, being all they thought they would be in the child's life. Depending on the age of children, the loss they feel due to their pain-affected parent may be shown in many different ways, such as a loss of independence, behavioral difficulties at school with friends and siblings, mood swings, withdrawal and isolation, which may include distancing themselves from pain-affected parents, increased dependence on parents, and taking on the role of a carrier or guardian to the pain-affected parent. For the pain-affected parent, feelings of guilt and responsibility for their child's response can be very normal. The parent might look to 
short-term means to alleviate the emotional pain in their child. This can often lead to bigger long-term issues, including unhelpful behavior and poor mood. So now we have some tips for parents and children. For younger children, reminding them that you are well despite the pain you're experiencing can help to alleviate some of the fear felt. Teaching them about pain, its unpredictable nature and pattern, and how they can help you manage it can help to normalize the situation and include them in the management. For older children, teaching them about pain and being honest about the tolls it takes can help them not to get stuck in downward spirals of worry. Strategies such as including them in your pain management plan, doing things together, asking them for help, and using them as motivation can assist with creating a united, open, positive team approach to proactively managing pain. For parents living with pain, it is important to remember that life is not easy. In teaching the children about resilience through hardship are invaluable lessons. Remembering that ch children do not need a perfect parent. In its simplest form, children just need love, care, and time, gifts that pain cannot take away. And again, you can learn more about each of those topics. Just click on the links that are on this article. So I have another article that I want to read some of the topics on because they weren't mentioned in the first article I, I chose. So let's go ahead and get through this one here. Chronic pain is there in the morning when you wake up and there in the evening when you go to bed. This constant but unwelcome companion might take a toll on your relationship as you struggle to understand each other's perspectives in pain. According to the CDC, fibromyalgia affects an estimated 4 million Americans and most being women. Frequently, women are told things like the pain is all in your head a message that their partners had something taken to heart as well. This understanding the pain your partner is enduring can lead to significant relationship problems. Chronic pain, whether it stems from fibromyalgia, back pain, arthritis, or, small, or some other conditions, can be a toxic effect on relationships, especially if one partner is skeptical about the source and the severity of the pain and the other feels that they aren't receiving the proper understanding and support. Whoa, that's a, that's a big one. I know that one's a big one for everybody else. People who have chronic illness desire support from their loved ones. We all want to feel loved and cared for, but if the people around us are not supporting us the way we want them to, we might become resentful and feel like we are entitled to support. Hearing about pain can dampen the mood, and if you're the one in pain, the strongest potential sources of support, like your partner, spouse, or kids, may simply tune you out when you talk about it. The good news is that, is that how you talk about pain matters. There are things that you can do to help you win, not lose, your loved one's support. If you feel that chronic pain is tearing your relationship apart, it's important to act before things get out of hand. The first step that you want to do is educate both of you. 
Both partners should try to learn as much as they can about the pain condition and should attend doctor's appointments together to learn about options for treatment. It's helpful for both partners to hear a professional opinion on how much exercise and movement is healthy for the person with pain, for instance, and to what extent the partner in pain should help with housework and physical tasks. Moderate physical activity can actually lessen the pain associated with some conditions such as fibromyalgia and arthritis. So let's go ahead and talk about communication. Communication between partners is essential to prevent pain from interfering in a relationship. People who are in pain also need to listen to their partners and make an effort to understand how they're feeling. Keep lines of communication open with your partner and understand that both partners may have issues with fairness. While it doesn't seem fair to have a struggle with pain, watching a loved one struggle with pain is another kind of burden. Communication doesn't just mean speaking. People in pain should realize that they might be signaling anger or distress, even when they think they are doing a good job hiding the pain. Be aware that you can manifest pain purposefully by talking about your pain or manifest pain indirectly through facial expressions or body language. Finally, here we're going to talk about three women share their chronic illness grief. Living with chronic illness can be difficult from managing, managing symptoms to testing different treatment options. Those hardships can create negative feelings like grief and sorrow, but potentially painful or difficult situations and treatment are not the only factors contributing to those feelings. Chronic illness may uproot significant parts of your life, like your career, relationships, leading to depression. That was the issue I had too, was uh, mine was my career took over, the pain took over and eventually I had to quit my job after 10 years. And that was hard to do very much. Chronic illness can lead to depression. Chronic illness refers to health conditions that don't have cures, which include Alzheimer's, asthma, cancer, chronic obstruction pulmonary disease, which is COPD, cystic fibrosis, irritable bowel disease, diabetes, epilepsy, heart disease, mood disorders, multiple sclerosis, and Parkinson's disease. If you have chronic pain, you're far from alone. According to the CDC, nearly 60% of people in the United States have chronic illness, with 40% having two or more. People with chronic illness have higher risk of mental health conditions, particularly depression, than others. But the likelihood, likelihood of depression varies depending on the illness. And here's the um, depression symptoms. Symptoms of depression can show up after you receive a diagnosis or sometimes may become noticeable after you've gone or had chronic issues for a long time. Symptoms of depression can include feeling hopelessness, feeling persistently sad, anxious, or empty, feeling guilt, worthless, worthless, or helpless, having less energy, or feeling more fatigued, sleep problems, 
having difficulty concentrating or making decisions, problems sleeping, and weight and appetite changes. So let me get these uh, couple parts in here. Chronic illness, grief, and chronic sorrow. The link between cr chronic illness and grief is unclear. Still, some people say that the loss they feel for their former selves or the life they used to know is a form of grief. Some experts have coined that grief as chronic sorrow, persuasive, recurring sadness, grieving your own body. The idea of grieving your body can be difficult, especially if you haven't personally dealt with the life-altering diagnosis. Now, I really don't think I have yet, and it's been since 2014, or actually maybe earlier than that. One of the best ways to understand those feelings of loss is to recall what, what it feels like to have a short-lived illness. When people experience acute illness like a cold or even something more serious but not long-term, there is a short grieving process. They're, they're grieving that they have to stop on an activity or eating things they normally like, but they know it's temporary. Here's seven losses you may feel when you live with chronic illness. Hope, control over your body, integrity and dignity, healthy identity, faith that life is just, social relations, and freedom. For people with chronic illness, it's very difficult, different, much more like the grieving process people go through when they've lost a loved one. Grieving comes in the form of grieving the life or career you thought you'd have. The path you thought you'd take and needing to adjust to a normal life that is forced on you. I know during those times um, after I did quit, I did go see a therapist quite often because I felt, well, you know what? I'm the breadwinner. I should be the one working and bringing money into this house. But with the pain, I just I couldn't do anything anymore. With chronic illness, Processing the loss of life you previously took for granted is a significant part of mourning. Often career aspirations have to change, devastating those who've worked hard to achieve their professional goals. Part of the grief comes from the fact that the expectations we have for ourselves in our younger years can give us life's meanings. And finally, I want to close with this last a section here, how to cope with grief. Simply acknowledging your mourning is a healthy first step. If you're grappling with loss because of a chronic condition, additionally, the following techniques can also help you cope. Acknowledge your grief. You may experience some of the more tra uh, traditional grief stages and experiences. Common feelings include shock, anger, guilt, or denial. Next, understand that there is no one right way to cope. The process of physiological adaption to a chronic illness is neither linear nor universal. As with grief and your illness itself, you may have easier and harder days. Build your resilience. Having resilience can help you learn to bounce back quickly after a setback. Find a qualified therapist. That's what I did. People specializing in chronic pain can help. I know that is not all they're going to talk about. <laughs> Consider a support group. Support groups can help people feel emotionally safe. 
validated and heard without even having to speak when other group members have a shared experience. Find ways to help others. If you have the energy for it, advocacy can be a wonderful way to channel feelings of frustration and powerlessness into action that will benefit others. And finally, give yourself grace and space and celebrate small wins. I'm stronger. I'm more empathetic. I have much greater sense of purpose. And I don't take anything for granted. Those are the last things that you should talk about right there. So, more than half of people in the United States live with one or more chronic illnesses, which can also cause grief and depression. Some conditions are more likely to cause chronic sorrow than others, but generally grief is normal with chronic illness. There are ways you can cope with chronic sorrow, including acknowledging your grief and loss. Consider therapy or support group, building resilience, and giving yourself grace. I hope those last few uh, topics in regards to how to cope with grief helped you. A lot of those things they just talked about really helped me get through some of my difficult times, especially talking with a, um, a therapist. I wish I would have taken the time, though, to find a support group. I think that would help me a lot more. But... Hey, we can carry on. We just need to be strong. Because nobody else, in most cases, is not going to be strong for us. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to have a brief message to you that I am now on Pinterest. Uh, you can see all uh, some of the videos there and some of the other uh, videos that I've taken from that one doctor that I trust on YouTube. I put a lot of his, <clears throat> his topics there, video topics, so you can check that out also. I hope your week is going to be great. I thank you all for being part of this show. And I will talk to you next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.